0: Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula.
1: We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the Radical Christian Life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost.
0: Yeah, so let's get to it.
1: Well, yay. Woo! Congratulations, Paula. Woo! If I had what? a kazoo, I'd blow. Can you do a kazoo sound? Woo! Yeah, we sound like we're doing don't duck know. calls. I know, is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. I- do you know what? We missed it on our last podcast. This is how. What a machine we're running here at our little. <laughs> the
0: uh,
1: 100. 100th? We did our was it? last Was it the last week.
0: one? Yeah, our last oh podcast we dropped goodness. was the 100th, I
1: think, you know, unless we change things up and uh, how it drops. But yeah, our little team that we have Whoa. working, we have uh, a couple that helps us. They upload it and they do that. And another one helps us with social media. And we really just pray and write scripts and plan things and pray. Yeah. And, and that's wow. what we do. So we don't keep up awesome. too much on the numbers and stuff. I think we're yeah. supposed to, right? Uh, no, we're supposed yeah, yeah, algor- yeah. Algorithms. Of a thing. I thought that was something I learned in math and I quit learning once I became a theologian. But I guess I'm supposed to worry about algorithms. But anyways, that's pretty neat. God has really blessed us 100 episodes and we just actually got a... Great shout out from Thomas. If you're there in uh, Arizona listening to us, it was super exciting to read your email and mm-hmm. what God's been doing in your life and uh, how the podcast has been encouraging to you. So, thank you. Yeah. And we you know, we love when we get the emails, especially the unexpected ones from around the world. And uh, yeah, that, that, they're so. always astounding. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So, what, what um, do you want to do, honey? I'll have I will, to work on my kazoo. Thing. I will take you to is Olive Garden. Is that good? <laughs> I love all oh, of yeah, them. Exactly. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, How exactly. we're going to celebrate? Yeah. But
0: um, I actually asked Doug to do this, and he acquiesced. He kind of didn't want to, but he's he's a great husband, and we actually had done this with our church staff. Um, two months ago or three months ago, where we allowed anyone to ask any question they wanted. And so we didn't know what was coming in. We did it live, and that was really cool. And so we're going to do that here. And it might take us a podcast or two. It probably would take us five to do all the questions, <laughs> but we'll just see how it goes. Um, I'm calling it Two Minutes with a Theologian. Look, so so
1: let me tell you why I was hesitant on doing this, okay. okay, and especially that title. We're going to use it because I love you. And, uh, uh, so there was a man, I want to be careful. I don't want to slander anything, but there was a man who had, I don't even know if he's still on, he might actually be dead. I don't know. I didn't research it or anything, but there used to be a show called, um, the Bible answer man.
0: Oh yeah. I think we talked yeah. about this. And since. I always yeah. say,
1: yeah, Can you imagine? I mean, that's a title. He's standing before Jesus. I always used to make jokes going, I I think, in fact, I knew his name was alphabetically. I'm behind him. And I think, oh, I hope we go into Judgment Seat of Christ alphabetically, because I can maybe I'll be able to hear what (laughs) Jesus says to him, because I'll be like, oh, you're the Bible answer, man. I have a few questions for you. You Well, I think this, you know, ask the theologian Jesus and go, oh, you're the theologian, Doug? (laughs) Let me ask you a few questions, and I'll be shaking in my boots, Yeah,
0: well, we could put it this way. You're a better theologian than I am, so. (laughs) Of the two of us. At times. There I mean, you go. At times. There you go. So, uh, so but
1: these... you know what I did different? You know what I'm doing different? No. So, just to, if you hear slurping sounds, I have never drank coffee. During one of our podcasts, because I'm a wound up guy anyways, and yep. I usually get wound up doing these. But but if you hear me slurping, it's because I'm so nervous. I'm drinking, <laughs> chugging coffee, trying to pray during the answer. And if you hear an screaming, answer. it yeah. means he spilled it all over
0: himself. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so these are the ground rules. Doug has no idea what I'm going to ask, and so he's going to respond. Yeah, off. we
1: did this with integrity where yeah. I didn't look at the questions nope. and send them Anything that came in went right to you, and I yep, didn't look at them
0: exactly. Um, Except for so, one,
1: actually, there was one, and I forget. There was one. We'll see if you answer it, ask oh, it. But anyway, okay. Um, I couldn't help but see it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I didn't cheat. I didn't go sneak. <laughs> I didn't sneak in at night. And open okay, up the computer. Let, okay,
0: so. <laughs> Well, said, There's integrity in this. Two minutes, he gets a time warning. If because some some of them might be a little bit longer and require a little bit more, but it so it could stretch to three if we really think it's important to do that.
1: Otherwise, I'll cut him off. Aren't you going to interact with it?
0: Uh, no, maybe. Oh, come on. We'll see. They
1: want to hear you. We'll see
0: how that goes. No, I, I really I'll even just, give you
1: extra time. I'll I want, you, we'll no. have extra
0: time. I want to be, I get to set the rules today. I'm the, <laughs> the MC, and I'm just throwing these questions out. So with that, if you have a question that you're dying to ask someone.
1: Does this anything to do with our talk about feminism the other night? And you're just like, <laughs> man, you're just loving this moment. I,
0: I'm in control yeah. of it. Um,
1: I'll submit, honey. I the got other it. thing Mutual is, okay, you need to be quiet
0: now. <laughs> Drink your coffee. It's all good. that's funny I love it Um, so if you have a question that you would like answered um, I live with the theologian I ask Doug questions all the time but if you have one that you're interested you can write us at info at serving bb.org. and people do actually just this morning somebody
1: texted me don't text me because i don't you but this is a really good friend so yeah I'll, I'll, if i don't know you and you text me i'm not answering but a really good <laughs> friend yeah he asked me a theological question out of exodus 33 today and i got to talk to him about open theism oh, so there you there go there you
0: go okay good all right so the first one is not just a question it has a little bit of um intro to it so this is the only one that does that so we're starting we're starting you ready
1: Lord help. Okay. okay. one of the greatest That's prayers right. you can ever any person can give is Lord help.
0: Yep, that is very true. So this is the first one. Number one, I had a guy grilling me on an issue. I walked him through the different viewpoints, but kept coming back to the layisms of the radical middle. Would love to hear Dr. Doug explain how he wrestles through and comes to the conclusions on the way of the radical middle when it comes to the non-essential liberties of the faith.
1: Ready? Go. Um well, yeah, basically recognizing that there's, that's the thing. Saying right off the bat, okay, this is a non-essential, so we're going to be friends in this. Where, where if it's an essential, I, I'm a little stronger. I'm like, well, you're just going to know that I'm not backing down from this one. Hey, but but the other one, it can be more, hey, let's have a dialogue. Okay, we may not agree. I'm right, you're wrong. That's it. You know, make a joke or something. But, <laughs> but that's what I would say. at the. To listen, maybe you're wrong on a non-essential. Okay, and and don't don't dig in your heels. It's about relationship. Okay, here's here's how I would answer that question. Essentials. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ and His reputation in your life, and the Word of God in your life. And so you don't back down. You don't compromise. You you dig in your heels. Hey, if you don't want to have fellowship with me because I believe in the deity of Jesus Christ, because I believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God, if I believe you know substitutionary atonement, hey. May God bless you, but I'm not backing down. Don't break relationship over non essentials. Dialogue, give your opinion, but make sure your side is not going to break relationship.
0: Great. All right. Number two How is God sovereign and still allowing a free will?
1: Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> How does that yeah. work? Two minutes. Yeah. I'm sure. Sh- yeah. Oh, but remember, if you've ever heard me talk about this, the greatest minds in the history of the world, not just Christians, the greatest minds in the history of the world have not been able to give an answer to completely satisfy the predestination free will debate. So if you think I'm going to in two minutes on a podcast, good luck, right? Run, <laughs> turn it off now. I love what one uh, young disciple of mine said one time when he was getting um, uh, ordained in a, uh, a reformed church. And I made the joke. and said, Huh, oh, great. Now you know about predestination and free will. He goes, oh yeah, that's easy. I said, you can solve the problem of predestination and free will. I said, that's easy. Only one of those words is used in the Bible. So that's my answer. Ultimately, I lean toward the ones that are clear words in the Bible. It talks about election. It talks about predestination. It never says you have autonomous free will over God's power or over God's sovereignty. So what I say is, I'm not going to explain that mystery, and I use the balloon. If you've ever heard my balloon analogy, I can't. I can describe the balloon. I can tell you the color of the balloon, the size of the balloon, but I can't tell you what's inside the balloon because you can't see inside. I can't see inside the mind of God how He makes predestination and free will work. So, but I'm going to lean on more toward the words and the the ideas clearly in Scripture that God is sovereign. God is in control. It says He knows the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega and uh our free will somehow fits into that. It's it's under him, not next to him.
0: Great. You're still under 2 minutes. That's impressive. Man. All right.
1: <laughs> when I've ever done this coffee. Coffee yeah. works.
0: <laughs> yeah. How does a loving God allow wars, etc.? How do you reconcile the Old Testament versus the New Testament Jesus and accept both
1: as the same God? Oh, that's 3 questions, so I should get 6 minutes, okay? <laughs> let's just uh let's start with I love the way he he or she asked that question, why does God allow war? That's exactly right. God did not want war. He did not create war. God did not create us to kill each other. Sin brought war. Sin brought death. And what was the first major sin after the fall in Genesis 3? Cain killing Abel Mm -hmm. in chapter 4. So murder and death and war is part of the fall. So why does God allow it? Because it's part of the fall. That's what I say. He allowed sin to enter because man rebelled against him. And why did God allow it? You can't answer that. Mm. Unless he gives clear verses in scripture, I I would say you can't answer that. Mm. As far as Old Testament, New Testament, remember, I love to say this, remember your biology as well as your theology, like father, like son. Jesus is the same as his father. That's why it talks in Revelation about a sword coming out of his mouth. Talk about him slaying. Uh, literally, he tells the parable in Luke. Sorry, off top of my head, Luke 19. But he's telling the parable of the minas, and then the ones who didn't want the king to rule over him, he says, "Bring them into my midst and slay them in front of me." Jesus told that parable, so. I mean, the wrath of God is real, and the judgment of God is real, and the consequences of sin are real, and the Old Testament and the New Testament are the same. They're the real. It's just in the new dispensation, we're working more f- with more full knowledge of grace because it's revealed in Jesus Christ.
0: Wow. You, you did that in <laughs> under two minutes. That's Everyone's depressing. confused. Or not, like, <laughs> yeah. They didn't understand the word I said, but hey, I did it quick. But hey, you did it. Yeah. Okay. If I believe and I still sin, do I really love God?
1: Whoa, I'm wrestling with this right now. Uh, we're de- I'm dealing with a couple different people on different levels of hidden sin, hidden sin. And I always let me put it in pretty graphic terms, okay? I, uh, talking to a, a guy. And, Can I ask you a question? Yeah.
0: If it's hidden, how do you know about
1: it? Well, yeah. <laughs> coming to light, mm. uh, coming to light, and then it's like, well, they love Jesus. And I'm like, well, they bring forth fruit worthy of repentance because they've had, lot, li- li- they've been lying and had hidden sin for years. How were they loving God in that sin? And so that's very different than okay, I had a even just being as graphic as a one night stand or a, a, or one night of or I got caught lying for something, and then I repented and stuff. That's very different when you know when you sin. And some people talk about in First John three where it talks about. But if anyone sins, he does not, lo- he does not know God. And, and the, they're saying it's the present tense. If anyone keeps on sinning or is continually in sin. And I think there's some truth to that. I wouldn't bet my life on it. But the point is, if you're in continuous sin and rebellion against God in your heart, then how can you have assurance of salvation? But because if you sin, well, if you're convicted and you feel horrible about it, well, that means you're repentant and you're trying to stop and you may wrestle with it again. This is addiction things. But the fact that you're wrestling with it and feeling horrible shows that you're a child of God because the Holy Spirit loves you too much to let you get away with it. And it's convic- he's convicting you of your sin. Wow, does that, make that sense? makes sense. Yeah. It makes you're sense. Not, come on, honey, you're not giving me any. They're just kind of looking at me. I'm no, like, is this working? I, is this I'm a, the MC. Yeah, you're great,
0: man. You're great. I'm trying to handle a timer and questions. If you're as mad as me I am, not having my
1: wife not talking much on this, <laughs> right? And, and no, yeah, join it's me.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, I again, I, I asked love you. To you. Do I like this. to hear you. So. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, okay, next one. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Sin. <laughs> not not obe-
1: yeah, disobedience and sin. That's that's. I mean, what is that? Ephesians. Uh, no, do not grieve, quench the spirits. First Thessalonians. This is Ephesians. Sorry, I, didn't make, I get them mixed up sometimes. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by which you are saved. Was that Ephesians four uh, thirty? Sin. That's what I would say. That was that was not me slurping my coffee, that was me <laughs> thinking out loud and smacking my lips. Uh, it doesn't say clearly what it but it's sin. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit. Disobedience to God and his word grieves God, and the Holy Spirit is God. And so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, none of them. Jesus got angry. Jesus throwing things around in the temple. Jesus weeping over death. I mean, you just see what sin, Mm. the consequences of sin in Jesus, and it's the same with the Holy Spirit in Mm. our lives.
0: Hmm. Okay, well, this person must have... It must be the same person, but um, in the Bible, it mentions the unpardonable sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, and how do you do it?
1: Wow, that is a great question, and books have been written on this. Lots of ink has been spilled trying to figure out what exactly it is. The joke is, if you think you committed it, you did (laughs) <laughs> so oh, don't wow. think about it <laughs> that's a bad wow. okay yeah. <laughs> yeah that person's feeling really bad right now. no the common i think most the most common answer I, I mean i'm saying that off the top of my head right i've done research i've read every book and article ever <laughs> written on this but from what my research that i've done over the years most people come to the consensus this was when at the time, the Holy Spirit was being poured out. And Jesus said, when Jesus was alive, he was literally doing the works through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's mm. what Acts 10.38 says. You know, It was through the Spirit that Jesus was, God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him, Acts 10.38. So Jesus was doing things through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when people were saying, no, this is from Beelzebub, this is from... Uh, you know, Satan. Mm-hmm. That part, or in First John, when John says this, uh, has the idea of the impartable sin at the end of First John, it's the idea that the Spirit is going out now and changing lives, and the power, and you're resisting, you're you're against that. Some people say that was only for the New Testament time when the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit was first being revealed, and through Jesus and then through in the early church. Others would say, no, it's when and and a lot of people can relate to this. You felt sin. I, I might be over time, but you felt sin. You felt wrong. Nope. You have a little okay. over a minute. Okay, you felt wrong. You felt convicted, and you didn't repent. Okay, this is just a little glimpse of it. Of, but then later on, you realize you were wrong, right? And you—that's the same thing. The Holy Spirit's trying to penetrate people's heart and say, "Come, accept, repent of your sins, acknowledge mm-hmm. you're a sinner, and come to Jesus Christ." And like people like. They don't want to give their life to Christ because they want to be in the driver's seat ultimately. That's the number one reason why people don't accept Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, because they don't want to make Him Lord. They don't want to make Him King of their life. They want to have autonomy over their life. And that's grieving the Holy Spirit who is trying to save them. And so that's the unpardonable sin. Well, you didn't want me. Now you're going to die in your sins mm. because you rejected me. That's mm. how, that's a modern way of saying it too. That that's a little, not modern, but that's not as popular, but there are people who believe that.
0: Okay. Wow. You still made it. Good job. Okay, I hear people talk about being reformed or about reformed theology. What does this actually
1: mean? Ha, I just, again, I'm a nerd. I'll just admit it. So uh, <laughs> um, if I'm not watching weird YouTube videos on theology, uh, it's a good thing because my wife just, yeah, you, my wife. That's you. <laughs> you just, yes. I was like, yeah. I tried to have us watch some videos yesterday. You're like, I this is date night. I don't wanna watch a John Piper video. <laughs> it's not a John Piper is that. not a great date night guy, I guess. <laughs> That's great, a, but not but, date night. But, but okay, sorry. Let's now I'm restarting a, yeah, your time. Yeah, I was gonna say thank <laughs> okay. you for my joke and I get extra time for jokes. <laughs> Reformed theology comes out of what's called Calvinism or the Reformers. Uh, There was a certain brand of the Reformation coming from John Calvin and his followers, which is called Reformed theology, which was really crystallized at the Synod of Dort in 16th century, 17th century, uh, 1600. I can't remember the exact date. Forgive me if if I was a real Reformed theologian. They know Dort. (laughs) But that's when the Armenians were coming up with the remonstrances and saying, we don't this is what we believe in. The, the Calvinists blew, blew their top and said no. And so they had this synod, the Synod of Dort, it's called a city in Netherlands, and they came up with the five main points of Calvinism, or mm. reformed theology, TULIP. We've talked about this. Total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. And that spells TULIP, each one of those, T-U-L-I-P. So... That's basically what reformed theology is. Now I just spent all last night reading people who think it's literally from the devil. It's horrible. I was reading a Twitter. There's a there was a Twitter thread and I forget what it's called. It's like evil Calvinism or something. I mean, just Mm. people just blasting and and some of it they I don't know. They could go over the top. I I I lean toward that. I'm not a true Calvinist, so hate me if you're a Calvinist and hate me for being an Armenian that I'm not a full Arminian. uh, because I can't get over God's sovereignty. I can't get over God's sovereignty and total great and total depravity. Now, see, here's the bottom line, and it all starts with the total depravity. If you're dead in your sins, dead, how can you make yourself alive? And you need God to make you alive, and that means He did it, not your free will. Well, uh, that's that's kind of the big issue right there. I mean, there's more issues and. Than- you know get into each one of those points but does that kind of i think that gives a somewhat of an answer yeah it does but it's the big if you call yourself reformed you believe tulip strongly total depravity i'm a little bit yeah anyway i can go through each one of those sorry
0: yeah no that's okay i kind of got stuck on the fact that it was tulip and it was in the netherlands <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, yeah, yeah, I just thought that was kind of well. Cool, you know, because so. God
1: elected you, persevering saints, your your, your eternal security. Well, you know, uh, the, it's a joke and some of, but somebody out there might not have heard this joke. So, if tulip is the flower for the uh, for the Calvinists, who are the Armenians, the ones who totally oppose Calvinism, what is their flower? I have no it's, idea. It's the daisy. He loves me. He loves me not. He Uh, loves me. He loves me not. I'm saved. I'm not saved. I'm saved. I'm not saved. So there you go. That is good. Man, you see, reformed theology has a (laughs) sense of humor. There you go. That is
0: awesome. All right. Uh, Next question. Why would God command the death of so many people in the Bible?
1: Oh, That's too broad of a question. What do they mean by that? Okay, there's... Two there's more, but let's just give two clear instances of God um, calling for the total destruction of people, the killing of people. So that's, that's what I'm going to understand this question mm. as. Uh, first is in Joshua. When they're called to go into the Canaanites, and they're called, man, it's it's. I don't water it down. Everyone else tries to water it down. I don't. I don't try to defend God, and like not defend. I defend God. I don't try to explain God. Mm. Why did God call for every man, woman, and child to be killed when they were taking the land, the Canaanites? Mm -hmm. And then why didn't the Amalekites in First uh, First Samuel fourteen and fifteen? Why was Samuel rebuked? Saul rebuked by Samuel because he left some animals alive. He mm. was killing, literally killing people, men and women and stuff, but he left some animals alive. and And what does Samuel say? What is this bleeding of sheep I hear in my ears? Mm. And Saul disobeyed because he was supposed to destroy everything. Mm. So why did God do that? Because he's God. That's the bottom line. Mm. Now, I can explain why in my understanding of it, Because these were evil people, evil spreads. We're seeing this in America. Once you open the door to one sin, it just magnifies. So once we started saying, I'm just going to go off and just say it. But once we started saying, well, homosexuality is not so bad. Well, then now we're... Everything's open. Everything's open. I mean, transgender. We don't even know what our genders are. We don't. People are sleeping around and morality and all that. We can take it back to homosexuality. We didn't really rebuke living together. We didn't rebuke premarital sex in the sixties and seventies. So it's just progressing. Mm. That's what sin does. Sin. Once sin is in, entered in, it leavens the whole lump. That's what. That's what the Bible says. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. It's mm. it's compared to yeast. You know, it spreads. We, what do we say? One bad apple spoils whole a whole lot, of girl. Give me one more, <laughs> or little Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, <laughs> but but in all seriousness, those the the Canaanites were so evil that, and I always say, when part of your worship is murdering children, and. Going to kids and temples for, I mean, going to temple prostitutes who are often young boys and young girls and having sex as part of your worship. I mean, that's your worship. How evil are you? Mm-hmm. What? So that's what these, so, and remember, God did not say like to Israel, go and expand and go find the people in China and kill them and go find the people in South America and kill No, it was about the land. It was about the perversion and evil within the land of the Amalekites and how they disrespected God and his calling on his people in Genesis.
0: Wow. Hey, you made it because under said, three minutes. Three minutes—that was bad. that was impressive.
1: And again, I don't let me just give a preface here and let you take a break for a second, but listeners, please do not think I am so arrogant that I have these answers that satisfy all your questions that there don't doesn't raise other questions. I'm just trying to off the top of my mind show you how I've wrestled with these and what conclusions I've come to. But I'm not perfect. I'm not the Bible answer man. I'm not your final authority. God and His Word and His Holy Spirit are your final authority. I'm just trying to tell you, after 40 years of dedicating my life to studying the Word of God and listening to theologians from all persuasions, I love reading Orthodox and Catholic and, uh, and historians. Huh? Whoever reads the historians, you know. And I'm like, yeah. But anyways, so I'm hopefully I'm not coming across arrogant.
0: No, you aren't.
1: But I have good coffee.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right. I hear people say, the Bible says it's wrong to judge others. How would you respond?
1: Oh, great question. I love this question because it's it's such an important um, talk of preference. Okay, so how do I answer that? We judge on biblical sin. We judge on biblical sin. The Bible's clear. Paul in 1 Corinthians 5, you have a guy who's sleeping with his stepmother. And Paul writes, losing his mind. <laughs> he, literally, mm-hmm. he literally is like, they don't even do this among the pagans, and you're allowing this in the church. And he literally says in that passage read 1 Corinthians 5. It's one of the great passages on church discipline. He says, What do we have to judge with outsiders? God will judge them. We are to judge the church. I judge people on clear biblical sin. And you want to do it the Bible way. Matthew 18, 1 Corinthians 5. Matthew 18, If you see somebody in sin, go and try and correct them. They don't listen to you. And when you do that, you better have the Bible with you and say, hey, you know, the Bible here says, do not lie. And you lied to me about this. You know, you need to repent. Oh, screw you. I don't care what you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're disobeying the word of God. And I love you enough to call it out. Mm -hmm. If you don't listen to me, that's fine. But I have to go and bring some people, and you come and bring the elders. And if they don't listen to them, then the church, you're, you're disciplined when I'm going into church discipline. But that's how you have to think. This is a church issue protecting what I just said earlier about a little leaven getting in, a little yeast getting in and ruin the church. You judge that. Non-Christians, people outside the church, you don't judge them. You don't judge them. What what do you have to do? And Paul says it. What do you have to do with judging the world? That's God's business. He'll take care of them. But you have to protect the church. Now, that's where you give conviction. That's where you you give warnings. Not conviction. I'm sorry. That's the wrong word. That's where I don't judge those people, but I give warnings. And I give warning in gray areas. Hey, you know, you're not sinning by flirting around with that girl at work. You're not sinning. I'm not saying you've sinned, but you're a fool. And I have to warn you. I'm warning. I'm not judging you. I'm just warning you. That could lead down a dangerous road. Don't do that. Hey, you know, I know everybody now drinks alcohol. and never But I've worked with alcoholics, and you may become one. I'm warning you. That's foolish that you're drinking hard alcohol, hard liquor, okay? I'm not talking beer wine. I'm talking hard liquor. You know, one drink and you can become an alcohol. You're being foolish. I'm not judging. I'm just warning you. But I'm not going to break fellowship over that. I'm going to break fellowship over sin, and that's judging, and you're right if it's on the Bible. And your church agrees with you on it. Don't, you know, your crusade is, Well, oh, you got a tattoo. <laughs> you're sinning, and I'm cutting you off, and I'm going to judge you. You know, some fundamentalist. Well, if you come from a, that kind of a fundamentalist church run and come to a free church that loves Jesus and doesn't judge mm. wrongly. Wow. That's
0: still under three minutes. I didn't like
1: that answer at the end. Judge wrongly. Do
0: you want to give a little caveat on that? Well,
1: I just want to say again, if the Bible's very clear. I brought up, I just mentioned that like tattoo, you know, that's a controversial one. Controversial. Some people know it's in the Bible. Mm. Old Testament, well, you know, if you're going to not have tattoos and you're going to homosexuality, no, homosexuality is clearly in the New Testament too, blah, blah, blah. Tattoos aren't tattoos, some freedom there, you know. I personally hate them. So what? So what with my personal, how can I judge somebody on that, you know, that kind of thing? I can warn them like you're going to be broken, I would, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> is that the best thing as a poor person? But, anyways. Oh,
0: broke, you mean it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Warnings.
1: I just want people to get warnings versus judging. Don't be afraid to judge if you're standing upon the word of God, but don't judge, warn if it's a gray area or a non-Christian.
0: Great. Have a dialogue, right? Yes. Great. Um, I'm going to skip this one. I'm going to say it, but I'm going to skip it. Which grandchild is your favorite? That sounds like one of our kids,
1: <laughs> that is good.
0: Put this in there to catch us up. We love them all. I
1: love all 20 or well, 19 and three quarters. Uh, yeah, <laughs> with number 20s on their way. And if the number 20 is a girl and they name them after you,
0: her well, after her, you? Named her
1: after Paula, because there is one now that's named after me.
0: Yes. So I love true. them all
1: equally, but I haven't said anything about inheritance. <laughs> But if they have a girl, then it's divide, not just joking. That's just funny. Joking. But
0: All right. Yeah. Anyways.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Can a Christian be
1: cursed? No. Okay. Okay. Is that <laughs> I mean, it? No, no. We're, we're free. He set us free for Christ became the curse on the tree, Galatians 3 says. He took the curse from us, He bore that. They, you never have to walk around in fear of somebody putting a spell on you, you know, we lived in the Islamic world where, I mean, and it's not mm. Islam so much, but I mean, the evil lie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. I still haven't figured out if it was Islam, how much was folk was Islam, like folk Islam. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't say it's in the Quran. I don't remember ever reading that, but you know, so much of animism, they cast spells, our African friends, they deal with that big time. Yeah. But that's what the whole point of the blood of Jesus Christ is about. Mm. We, we have the victory in Christ. We are set free in Christ. Now, now, if you have an open door, through sin, or if you ever heard my acronym Soul, we've done. I've done this before. I think I have YouTube. It's on my our YouTube channel. But SOL, Soul S O U L. If you have mm-hmm. sin, open doors. In other words, with the occult, you're doing messing around with the occult. You're messing around with those kind of things. You have unforgiveness, or you have generational sin that you've never been broken of or set free from. If you have those four things then there could be an open door where Satan can't... Because what is a curse? Mm. I mean, curse is like a... What is it, actually? It's actually influenced by demons in your life. That's what a curse is. I mean, think about it. I guess we should have defined the terms. Oh, there you go. We're at the end of the podcast, and now I'm answering my first question using (laughs) the first act of the mind. Let's define our term. But that would be actually the way... I should have thought of it first. What do you mean by curse? Mm. Because it's not a nebulous thing. It's not some... That's real word that, oh, this word just stuck on me, you know, like it, yeah. they said it and it just flew across the room and stuck it. And it wasn't the word, of st- it was opening demonic influences. And I believe that. Mm. Do we have time to keep answering? Yes, man, you can. Okay, you let's still have a minute. Okay. So this is really good because that's what it is. A curse is literally, and so when these witch doctors, you know, we go in the animist world mm-hmm. and that, and, you know, what it is, is a witch doctor's trying to. Stir up, literally, demons trying to get evil forces to come against you. That's what a curse, a true curse is. Mm. It's it's not some nebulous thing he's calling down. He's actually trying to get some kind of spiritual force to come against you and oppress you or hurt you or take you down or kill you. Well, that's what demons do. You know, Satan came to what? You know, kill, st- steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus says in John 10. And that's what a curse tries to do. But Christ died for that. Mm-hmm. We're set free from the curse of sin. Mm-hmm. We're set free. He defeated the enemy at the cross. Colossians 2, 14 and 15, he made a spectacle of the demons at the cross. He disarmed them, it literally says, at the cross. So, no, you do not have to live in fear of curses. Great. Unless you're in sin. Okay. <laughs> then repent. <laughs> there you go. Can no, we keep going? No. No, it's 30 minutes and I'm still drinking my coffee, enjoying life. Okay. Let's do another week if you want. All right, let's do it. I don't it. know. Do you think it was good? Listeners, let us great. know because this is one of those, eh, eh, I don't know. I'm still not 100% comfortable. And uh, yeah, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, I actually got confronted with some pride in my life recently. Of re- I didn't realize how I came across of sounding arrogant and prideful in the way I talk just because my intensity. And I don't want to use that as an excuse. Maybe I have pride. So if this is coming across and you're feeling that, let us know. I, I mean, I seriously, I want to grow in Wait my Wait a minute.
0: Faith. I'm the MC. I asked you to do it, and you're Well, not.
1: no, you're not doing anything wrong. But it, should we continue to do it? What do you think?
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: I well, then it. I guess there's a part two coming. So thanks for listening, <laughs> and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch, like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.